It's time for a national look inside the NFL with a guy who still has KC barbecue running through his veins. I babied a pork butt. He left in 07, but due to a technicality found in his contract, he's back as our NFL insider. I am broken! He brought you the cover three, his one big thing. A whiz wagon, a weather robot, and he loves ribs. You suck the meat right off the bone. Live from New York City, it's the captain of the mothership. His mother named him Damon, but we call him D.A. I know it says you're contractually out. That's not true. We just we just enjoy having you on. I hope you enjoy coming on, D.A. That's why I haven't had a payment. Yeah, that's, actually, that's coming. That 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 oh, is that yeah. is coming. We're on that. We're we, on we've that. actually been talking about that yeah, behind yeah. the scenes, that's just true. to let you know. That's true. If you'd yeah, like to purchase direct deposit, I thought maybe it would clear after the regular season, mm-hmm. but now I just figure it's after the postseason. Yeah, if you'd right. like to purchase a uh, a Brett Veachtown T-shirt, you can help fund DA. So send out that link if you want a link to the purchase the Brett Veach T-shirt <laughs> or the Casey Makes Refs Cry T-shirt. We'll we'll send you the link. Just text nine one three five eight six seven six ten. B double kick you that link, and you can help fund DA. My bank account is so much lighter than I thought it was going to be, but that's just like my old time in Kansas City. So it's perfect. <laughs> it works out well. Nothing's changed, DA. <laughs> Nothing has changed all those people at all. Are gone. We're good. So I I think the number one <laughs> thing for me is as we get set for for divisional round playoff, how will Carl Cheffers make sure Buffalo beats Cincinnati this weekend? <laughs> Well, remember, maybe the NFL doesn't want a a neutral site game. Maybe they want the pomp and circumstance of an actual home playoff game at uh, Arrowhead. Maybe they want so. the Bengals to be an Arrowhead because then it would eliminate the controversy over the neutral site. It would eliminate the need for this kind of compromise. I don't know, guys. I, I would, Okay, the Bengals might not be sexy, but – it does get them off the hook about this this handshake compromise. I question whether they want to be off the hook because I think they're gonna they're gonna see this neutral site game and they're gonna be happy about it. Like, oh, another another income stream, and it's gonna become the norm. Do we know how they make more money on this? I like, are they, they always sharing this revenue they, differently than if it was a home game? They always they always do though, right? They always do these things they and somehow find ways they to all make believe cash. they're making more money. Oh God, they're it. not doing yeah. it out of the goodness of their heart to help a downtrodden city get a big event to raise some capital <laughs> yeah. for their town. I think DA. they'll find they'll find a way. I don't know how either, but I think they'll find a way. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I guess even though the Chiefs are technically the home team, if they play the Bills, it's not like the Chiefs get all the revenue like if it was a game at Arrowhead. Mm -hmm. I guess both Mm -hmm. franchises split the revenue or half the revenue goes to the NFL or something like that. So you're probably right. Yeah, it it, it is a definite moneymaker. So each team's, you know, like selling tickets, essentially. I'm guessing, you know, they get that money that way based on how many of their Season ticket holders, Andy, up today to to buy this neutral site game. I guess they they split the money that way. So each right? team will get a dollar a ticket. The NFL gets the rest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to work out for the NFL. I'm just afraid, DA, that that this does open the door to get a college like system where you have semifinals and, and and championship on neutral fields. I don't want that. Yeah, we talked about this last week. I hate that idea. I hate that concept. I mean, the the neutral site Super Bowl works enough. And it's been part of the, the fabric of the NFL since the beginning. So it, it feels right, even though before the Super Bowl, they were home games, the NFL championship games, the AFL championship games. But that certainly is part of the, again, the, the tradition of the NFL. The home NFC, AFC championship games are crucial. I mean, the ones that have been played at Frigid, Lambeau, Muddy Candlestick, 
obviously Arrowhead Stadium the last four years, the when the ones that were in Buffalo in the nineties. I mean, they're all such iconic moments with that backdrop of the fans and the weather or the turf or the atmosphere. That if you eliminate that man, you eliminate a real soul of the NFL playoffs. So I hope it doesn't get there, but I know what you guys are saying. They certainly always feel paranoid that the NFL continues to strip away all the good stuff about it. Yeah, that's, why the forget, that's why the phrase is selling your soul, not preserving your soul. <laughs> so, yes, I'm a little, leery, a little leery with the phrasing yeah. there. Yeah, Just be careful point. what you wish for if you're the NFL. You continue to alienate the fan, and at some point you're going to go wake up and go, where did all the fans go? And they go, they're all at neutral sites. I mean, you know, so that, that that's the that's the thing you got to be fearful of. Let's look at that Tennessee, or that Tennessee, that Cincinnati-Buffalo game, because that's obviously after we game get through Jacksonville. It's it is the game of the weekend nationally, I would imagine. Is Cincinnati strong enough up front to win this game and to give Joe Burrow time? That concerns me, D.A. Yeah, the Jonah Williams injury is a really tough injury. I would have said before the injury, I feel pretty confidently that, that the Bengals win this football game. Now it's a little bit of a worry. Now remember, the Bills lost Von Miller, so that's part, a huge part of their pass rush that would usually be able to take advantage of something like this. I think... It's interesting because I think there's going to end up being a bit of a market correction during the game because after what we saw the Bengals struggle through on Sunday night against the Ravens, you might say, ah, you know what? The Bengals are still kind of the quote Bengals and they're not good enough to beat a powerful Bills team. They got to go on the road to this game. They did not look good, obviously, in winning that game on, on Sunday night, except the Ravens' defense, I think, was severely underrated going into that game. They had just played the week before, obviously a divisional foe. And I got a feeling that was just a really bad matchup on the defensive side of things for the Bengals. I think Cincinnati's going to be able to, to, to score points. Now, the, you know, that offensive line worries you, no doubt. But the Bills have given up points. We saw the freaking Dolphins and Skylar Thompson put up 30-some-odd points. I think the Bengals score, uh, so I do give Cincinnati a really good chance to win this game. The one hesitancy, obviously, is does Burrow get mauled too many times to, to make the one or two final plays it'll take to win the game? Is the, uh, the, the turnover bug something that should weigh down the, the Bills as well? Uh, Josh Allen, what, seven red zone turnovers in the regular season, right? And then they had, I think it was five interceptions and five two fumbles. Picks, I think, in the fumbles. And yeah. two fumbles in the, in, the, in the red zone. And then they, they turned it over again last week. I mean, uh, he even said after the game, hey, got by with one. Not going to win a lot of games turning the football over. That, that, that turnover thing could be costly for them. Well, I had a guy that covers the league. I was texting with him during that Bills and Dolphins game. And he goes, the Bills are too stupid to win a Super Bowl. And wow. I kind of understand that that feeling because – if you look at the Bills under Sean McDermott, yeah, they've won a lot of games. Obviously, they've gone to Arrowhead and won. They've got a lot of talent. But there's always something when it matters most that they get wrong, whether it's the Hale Murray against Kyler Murray. They had three people around DeAndre Hopkins, but nobody could knock it down. The 17-point comeback earlier this year in Buffalo by the Minnesota Vikings, Allen throws the two picks of the end zone, fumbles at the goal line, and a bad handoff. You have this past weekend, you're up 17 nothing against the Dolphins. You have a pair of interceptions. You give up a long punt return, and you kind of grant them back into the game based on mistakes. 
you can go through the list. Obviously, the 16-second game last year, divisional round, they don't squib kick it. They kick it out of the end zone, give the Chiefs the chance to come back. There's always something that the Bills have as a mental miscue, and it ends up killing them in the biggest moment. And so, yeah, I mean, Josh Allen is great to watch. His arm is an absolute howitzer. He, he continues to take shots downfield, which makes him a thrill. I mean, he's exciting, but he always also makes a bad decision. And he's, we saw that against Miami, and it's hard to imagine he doesn't do the same thing this weekend at some point in time that could kill you. DA, over the weekend, we heard Tony Romo call him Mr. January on the broadcast. And, and I, I tweeted out, Mr. January hasn't led his team to a Super Bowl yet. What, that, what do you mean, Mr. January? And boy, did the, the, the Buffalo fans get triggered on that one. Um, we're, we're crowning this guy, and he's yet to do what he needs to do as a quarterback in this league, and that's lead his team to the Super Bowl. You can say what you want about his great January numbers. His wins are not there, and they've progressively gotten worse each year. Championship, divisional round, they slipped by the wild card game. They could lose this weekend. I don't think you're calling this guy Mr. January when he hasn't won yet. I think that's ridiculous. Well, we're also talking about Tony Romo. So he's kind of like (laughs) the prince of ridiculousness. I mean, if, if you could even hear something like that in the middle of him just talking over Nance constantly for three hours. I mean, it's just a nonstop yammer that happens for, for all these games. Hang on, DA. We're we're talking about Romo, not Fran Fraschilla here. (laughs) I'll tell you, Josh Allen, he dazzles the mind of the imagination because of the plays that he makes. But you can't call a guy Mr. January unless he's got championships. That's a, that's a month reserved for that. It's like calling anybody Mr. October that hasn't won a World Series. It's a month reserved for winning championship games. And uh, until Josh does it, yeah, can't call him that. And unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you want to look at it, that's how we judge quarterbacks now in this league. It's about rings. Yeah, and I don't think that's necessarily unfair. I mean, Clearly, situation matters, and a guy like Patrick Mahomes lands in a perfect situation with the perfect head coach and the perfect offense. But there is a point in time where every quarterback has a chance to elevate his team. Every quarterback has a moment, has a game to elevate the guys around him. And some of it is circumstance, like Tom Brady getting drafted to a team that is a great defense with Bill Belichick and the early aughts Patriots. But when the time came, he also rose to the occasion. And so a guy like Allen, I mean, you certainly couldn't, you could not say he doesn't have the weapons to win. This is not a circumstance thing if he doesn't. He could run into a better team. You know, he could, you know, have a bad bounce where, like last year, he didn't touch the football in the in the overtime. But I, I don't think if he fails, you could say, well, this is circumstantial when it comes to, to Allen. He's... He's got the tools to be able to win. DA of CBS Sports Radio, of course, 610 Sports Radio alum, joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, The NFC is going to be fascinating. However it turns out, we're going to have a first-time Super Bowl NFC quarterback. Who do you think is coming out of it? Well, I think it's the Niners. I thought it was the Niners before uh, Purdy came in. When Garoppolo went down, I said, forget it. It's definitely the Eagles. And then two things happened. Number one, Jalen Hurts got hurt, and his shoulder is still not 100%, and it's his throwing shoulder. And number two, I think the Niners are actually better with Brock Purdy. I can't believe I'm saying this. A seventh-round draft pick, a rookie, but he has 
in many ways, a smoother delivery and a better arm than Jimmy Garoppolo. And he is comfortable running that offense. Now, clearly, Debo and Kittle and McCaffrey and Ayuk, they, they take short plays and make a big play. So Purdy doesn't have to go downfield to make big plays. But the Niners are better in terms of their balance than the Eagles are right now because the Eagles don't have 100% at quarterback. And I don't think Jalen Hurts is going to be 100%. Now, I do think the Eagles win this game. Take care, DA. We'll talk to you later. (laughs) Bye-bye now. (laughs) I do think we end up with the Eagles and Niners. But I, I like the Niners in an NFC championship game, even in Philadelphia. Bob's going homer. He's got he's got his Giants. Yeah, Giants thought, are winning thought, this game. Would, he thought you would yeah, too. Giants are winning. Giants are going to surprise everybody. It's Giants and Niners for the championship. And Matt Barr's kicking five field goals, and the Giants <laughs> are going to the Super Bowl. As long as they don't trade junk and snapping, then I right. think the Giants will win that game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> DA enjoy divisional weekend. Checks in the mail. Okay. All right. Guys. Talk, talk yeah. Take care. DA of CBS Sports Radio, of course, 610 Sports Radio alum. You can uh, catch him on the uh, the Odyssey app for his uh, his daily show on CBS Sports Radio. There's a proposed trade already at the top of the draft, or at least the rumor of one, which I want to get to next. Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. Don't miss former Chiefs linebacker Derek Johnson every Monday at 7.30, 610 Sports Radio. Wednesday edition. That means you pick the music at 913-586-7610. You uh, text in the music to B-Dub. He uh, reads your name on the air. Very, very simple. Miles won a little November rain from Guns and Roses right here on Fesco in the morning. Our NFL playoff coverage brought to you by Centric. Learn more at centric.com slash 610. Uh, you'll like this one, Bob. Uh, the uh, heavy.com is proposing a trade that would get the Bears out of the number one pick in the upcoming draft. I don't think the Bears want to pick number one. Nobody ever wants to pick. I don't think they They all try to get out because I don't think they want a quarterback. They need a quarterback. I think you believe they do. I don't think they think they do. Well, they're idiots. They're going to stick with Justin Fields. There's a reason they're picking them and they don't want to pick number one. Yeah, they need a quarterback. If if you're sitting there wondering, oh, we don't do we have a quarterback or not? You don't have a quarterback. You need to go out and get a quarterback. The Bears don't have a quarterback. Don't sell me Justin Fields. He had 20 completions one time. They do. Yeah. Well, that's that's why they're picking. Would you like like to talk to any of our former colleagues in Chicago? I'll talk to all of them. They all believe it. So I think I think the Bears would absolutely trade out of number one done to say that he's he ran a legit... in, he ran in two games he ran really I mean, last really... i checked i don't want my quarterback running the he man has 20 well completions in, in a game one time in his you, career they ain't picking quarterback and they ain't picking cj Stroud. they're not going another ohio state quarterback yeah, they already well, got one they don't have a quarterback so they're trading out that guy stinks so they're proposing the colts move up to number one okay because they want a quarterback they, yeah, they need a quarterback they, got, yeah. they gotta go quarterback they gotta right go quarterback yeah. and then uh but the bears would get like a haul it's like the 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 fourth pick they mm-hmm. turn back to four Get a second round pick and then a a first round pick next year. Oh wow, that's a that's a big move you know? right there. I, and I defensive tackle the Forrest Buckner. I'd take that in a heartbeat if I had the Bears. Yeah, and, and they believe they have a quarterback. They don't. And though. You might not. Yeah. 
I think they do. They're going to ride that train I'm for a I'm better at this business than, than a lot of these GMs <laughs> assessing <laughs> the their quarterback, especially the yeah. Bears. They so, couldn't assess their head coach. They can't assess their quarterback. If the Colts believe they need to go get their guy, they need to. They might need to move from four. Yeah, probably. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think the Bears are going to pick one because they're not. there's not going to be that defensive player, and they're not going quarterback. Right. And this may be the year that, well, I guess there are quarterbacks. It's not like the year we picked one and there was literally nobody So you can trade back. Yeah. If you're not going quarterback, you can trade back, still get a top defensive player or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and then not have to face the scrutiny of number one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think the Colts will be picking number one. Okay. I'm in on that. Not quite the. Uh, and then we'll be talking for 15 years how the Bears again missed on another good quarterback and took Mitch Trubisky. I don't right? think quite the Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck type top of the draft this go round. We'll see. They'll probably, if the Colts move to one, though, they'll all fall in love with somebody they're going to say will be the next Peyton Manning or, or Correct. Andrew Luck for them, right? Yeah, put that pressure on them right So away. whoever mm-hmm. whoever that is, if it's Stroud or Will Levis right. or whoever the top quarterback's going to be. Um, they may face the scrutiny of going to the Colts number one because that makes that makes a lot of sense. Bringing in a young quarterback in an organization that hasn't been able to find a quarterback in a few years, it's got the pressure to find a quarterback and say he's the next Peyton Manning or Andrew Luck. Correct. That, that's that's smart. Correct. I mean, I need to. I, I should be charging an, an enormous consulting fee and going to every one of these NFL teams and telling them how to get better and do things the right way. I'd make a killing. You'd be really brief, though. You'd come in and it's give like that a, hard. a harsh reality in like a sentence. Yeah, and your bounce. quarterback sucks. It's a great consultancy, actually. Yeah. That's the what that's what you want to do. Yeah. yeah, I'd start with your quarterback. He's no good. Right. Okay. Get a quarterback. I'll come back in three weeks. Let me know. Yeah, <laughs> compile draft a quarter. Who? Whoever you think. <laughs> compile but it's not this guy. Compile me a list, and I'll be back. Right. <laughs> and then go. I'll go in Indianapolis, and I'll talk to uh, to that guy over there, Ursay, and say, "Look, you can't be selling this guy as the next this or the next that." That gets your fans and creates unrealistic expectations and puts stupid pressure on your kid, man. Just tell him he's the next Jim Harbaugh and play three years and see what happens. And then if he exceeds, he goes, he exceeded all of we our don't expectations. We need to be Peyton Manning. We just love him to be Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. yeah. Who's in the ring of honor, by I the way. I know. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. He's in the ring of he's honor. He's in the ring of honor yeah. for his three-year window at, with the Colts. It is restaurant week here in Kansas City. We've been uh, highlighting some of the area restaurants taking part over the week. And Graham and Dunn in this morning down on the uh, the plaza, Chef Thomas Pelkey is with us, and head bartender Micah Johnston is also here as well. Uh, this Micah beers with the boys again, huh? <laughs> delivering us a fantastic uh, Irish coffee. Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, good morning, good morning. Thank, Thank you guys for coming in. Thanks for the booze. Appreciate it. It's really well, you good. Know, uh, I have one thing I'm good at, and that's facilitating happiness. What's so. your favorite drink to make? Ooh, okay. get closer to that microphone. All by right. the way. So if uh, if I have the time to actually make a good drink, um, definitely an old fashioned. There's a thousand Ooh, different ways I to love make them. it. I'm into them right now, man. Oh, and I mean, so you know, you're just gonna have your component. You're gonna have some sort of whiskey, some sort of sweetness, some sort of fruit, some sort of bitters. Um, so we make ours. We use a special vanilla syrup that we make in house. It's a Double sugar to water ratio than usual. Like that's what we're throwing in that Irish coffee too. That's what that little bit of a the hint double of sugar is. That's really good. What drink yeah. do you hate making the most? Oh, freaking mojitos, man. Oh yeah, freaking mojitos. <laughs> <laughs> Start muddling some. Uh, what is it? The mint. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Muddle, muddle the mint, muddle the lime. Oh my goodness! But no, if you make one, I promise I'll come in. Yeah. Uh, or if you want one, I, you come in. I promise I'll make it. I just I won't have quite the usual happy smile on my face. I was gonna say, well, you have that look on your face, like, uh, hey, what can I get you, mojito? Uh, <laughs> Have you heard about everything else that's on our menu? Yeah. <laughs> Literally anything, please, but the mojito. That's, that's where you push though. him off to Thomas, and he tells you everybody about the menu, right? Well, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. You know, he's pushed on to you know the delicious food that we have here. Yeah. So, what do you guys have going on for Restaurant Week, Thomas? Uh, so we got we offer a three course uh, dinner option. So some of the first courses: uh, Tuscan kale Caesar, 
uh, butternut squash bisque, and our hush puppies. Uh, Ooh, entrees. Love a good hush puppy. Our number one seller is the Hanner steak. That's mm-hmm. our best best selling entree um, in the restaurant. So we wanted to offer that, give that to um, the guests to come on and try for the deal that we're offering, uh, along with rigatoni bolognese. Um, desserts, we have uh, lemon panna cotta and our chocolate molten cake. How do you decide what you're putting on the menu for Thinking a hush week? puppies, a steak, and a chocolate bowl? Well, it think sounds it's... really good. Woo! Yeah, I mean. And I top it off with a mojito. Just yes. throw that on. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, his boy. favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I think deciding on what to put on, it, it just comes down to uh, the first and foremost, making the guest happy, making sure that the guest leaves happy. But at the same time, what's what's best for the restaurant, what's best for sales to derive um, what what we can make off of it, too, because you do get a really good deal for restaurant week. I mm-hmm. mean, the two-course lunch option is is $20. So, you know, obviously with prices going up, um, we want to make sure we get, you know, a good deal as well. How big is this as a gateway to get people maybe in the restaurant for the first time? Is I think this, it's a is great... Is the week for that kind of? It is. See a lot of... Yeah, I mean, I've... I mean, I think I've been in Kansas City 12 years. I've been doing restaurant week the last... Uh, 10 years and you see a lot of different clientele that, you know, that, that we don't see on the average. Um, we do get different clientele in that, um, you know, they see the deal and and they want to come out and get it and experience it. Your chance to hook them then too. Chance to hook them. Chance to hook them. Right. So how are you hooking them with the booze? What else you guys got going on? Uh, So, you know, we're rolling, we're a craft cocktail bar that's attached to a really nice kitchen. It's kind of how I like to tell people. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Uh, So uh, we have two special cocktails that we're running this week. Um, One mama's drinking. So we're throwing a little bit of absolute mandarin vodka in there, um, some fruit juice. So fresh cranberry, fresh pineapple, fresh OJ. It's all actually real fresh, not that canned concentrate stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we're topping it off with a nice uh, bubbly rosé. So you're just going to get a little bit of that tartness from the rosé. You're going to have the sweetness from the juices, and that vodka is going to kick in on the back end. It's a great little sipper, throw orange zest over the top of it. Just kind of pops color-wise. Our other one is a fun bramble that we're doing uh, called uh, Broken Resolutions because maybe you were trying dry January and yeah. now you're ready to have some fun again, right? right? Uh, so brambles are nice, fun cocktails. They're basically a fruit and gin mix. So we're using a bright, lifted spirits gin. So it's a fun local company. They do some really great stuff here. Uh, our own blackberry syrup that we make here in-house, um, a little bit of mulberry liqueur, and we're just going to top that off with a little bit of lemon juice, going to get a little bit of that uh, citric that's going to pull out the flavors of everything else. So uh, they're fun cocktails, uh, and it's just a great way because, you know, like you said, this might be people coming to Kansas City like maybe twice a year, and they're like, oh, well, we'll come in for restaurant week and try a few different things. And like, well, now, you know, they're going to come back again because, you know, we do a really good job exactly. what we do. We have delicious yeah. food. We have good cocktails. We have something for everybody. So I'm pretty excited about, you know, where I work, what I do. It was good to see the color come back to to Micah's face during that description versus the mojito one. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, it was true. Yeah. 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 A lot more he excitement was, there. You were you were refreshed. Uh, Micah's talking about all the kind of in house stuff. You guys do that on the on the uh, the food side too. How how much pride do you take on kind of you're doing everything? Uh, a lot of pride. Everybody. Yeah, I think um, doing everything in house just makes it makes the difference. Again, the the number one goal is to make sure the guest leaves happy, and um, you know they're coming they're coming to the restaurant for food and. And Micah's delicious mojitos. Uh, <laughs> um, so doing everything in house, it makes a difference, um, hands down. If I mean everything from the soup to to the to the final course, which is dessert. I mean, um, 
It has to be in-house. Did you know he hated making mojitos before today? No, but I think I, I yes and no. So, so <laughs> yeah. now your job is to create a menu pairing with the mojito who specifically feature it, so he has to make it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Come to Graham and Dunn in April for our tiki menu um, uh, that will have pineapple. What's that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I was, I'm, I'm just making one Oh, up, you're making yeah. it up. Oh, I thought yeah, maybe there was, was like, something in April. He's going to tell me that we're going to have some tiki menu special in April, and I'm going to have to have, like, three island drinks. Gr- grilled like, pineapple sandwiches or something oh, yeah, like that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Knock it out of the park, Micah. Kerfin Graham and Dunn in with us. It's a restaurant week here in Kansas City. Uh, Chef Thomas, tell us a little bit about your your background. How long you been? How long you been doing this? Uh, it's, I guess, my whole career. Um, I started working... I was 16, 17. I began cooking in a local pizza joint, and it just took off from there. I, I worked with somebody who he had gone to culinary school. He um, he had the experience of working on a cruise boat in the Bahamas, and you know, at that young, fun age, I thought, well, hell, it'd be pretty cool to to do that. So I, I never went to a cruise boat, but I took it pretty far from there. Um, ended up, you know, moving out of my hometown and worked for. Some bigger, better restaurants than the local pizza joint. Ended mm-hmm. up going to culinary school, and from there, just um, I worked for free a lot for different restaurants just to gain knowledge, uh, including ones out in New York, um, some different three Michelin star restaurants, which is um, pretty high in the chain. I worked, you know, La Bernadan per se, um, which I gained an extreme amount of knowledge from, and and coming back to Kansas City, I'm originally from Minnesota. Um, and I've been here for 12 years and, um, it's been great. The restaurant scene here is, um, it's awesome. Do you cook when you go home? I do. I cooked last night. Yeah. It was my day off. So, uh, <laughs> he made a pizza for the kids. <laughs> That's what he, did. he went back to his roots. Yeah. Uh, between the two days off, the one day I try to not cook, but I, I end up cooking anyway. Uh, but yeah, I, I do cook at home. Definitely. Do, do your kids and family expect like gourmet meals every night too? We're not having a hanger steak tonight, Dad. Or do you? No, they're expecting spam and mac and cheese. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's kids, though. <laughs> hey, it's kids. They want that blue box of of, of mac and cheese, and that's it. You yeah, know, sometimes the kids. Thing. Yeah, yeah, they they like their chicken nuggets, but um, yep. no, definitely cooking at home. It's nice to. You know, it's one way to relieve the stress from the week is just having dinner at the table. So has has anything from the home kitchen made it to the uh, to the menu? Um, I don't know. I've like, done a lot of menus in the last years. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's all I, I do know, is write. Like, I was gonna um, say, did one of those start it start it uh, something for the kid? Hey, the kids liked it. I, I brought it here. Yeah, I can't say. I don't know. I've, after so many dishes, um, not, there, there's not one that comes to mind. You should um, offer a chicken nugget mac and cheese entree <laughs> and just call it for the kids yeah, and like yeah, have an adult yeah. mac and cheese well, and for the mom nuggets. drink yeah. and the for the. <laughs> For the kids' yeah. uh, menu, chicken fingers and a, and, a, and some uh, mac and cheese. And just exactly. a shot for dad. <laughs> yeah, and a sidecar shot yeah, for the old man. It is, yeah. is that how that works? Yeah. Um, specials available, takeout as well, or in restaurant, all of it? Uh, yeah, so, well, the restaurant week we don't offer to go just because the proceeds, you know, with the donations, everything uh, regarding restaurant week, we all do. It's just in-house only, but mm-hmm. we do offer... Um, to go, um, specials, we do offer specials and features that we do, um, that's off menu every weekend. So whether I'm bringing in a different fish, whether I'm rolling a different pasta, um, working, I work with a lot of different local farms, so, um, we love utilizing and supporting the local. So, you know, 
right now is a tough time because ingredients are so, you know, there's not a lot. There's so much yellow. It's just, you know, squash, pumpkin, X, Y, and Z. And by the time March hits, it becomes exciting for us because we know that there's going to be much more available. And we kind of, I like to drive kind of towards the season and what, what, what does the farmer have to offer and, and then go from there. So we need, do we need the rain or not? See, that's a big question. We need the rain. We need the rain. We need the rain so we get the green vegetables a little bit later. Thanks for coming in today, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Uh, It's Graham and Dunn down at the plaza. Check them out for, uh, for restaurant week and uh, don't ask for the mojitos. We've established that, Uh, but just chef Thomas Pelkey and Micah Johnson, the head bar tender at uh, Graham and Dunn joining us uh, and on our restaurant week. What do the Jags do well? I'm finding myself asking that question. Uh, kind of, we're kind of taking lightly. Mm-hmm. Next, Fesco in the morning, brought to you by Rayner Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RaynerKC.com. Hear from Chiefs Radio Network color analyst Danon Hughes Tuesday at 8:30 on your official broadcast partner of the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Wednesday, 913-586-7610. Tag your name and get the credit. That's how it works. Our man Don in Independence wanted a little Here Comes the Rain Again from the Eurythmics. Right here on Pesco in the Morning. Preferred oh. by mojito drinkers. Three to one. <laughs> hey, now you got to go to Grandma and Don oh, and order mojitos. Yeah. Tell Micah we Ask sent for you. for Micah. Right? Yeah. So Tell you left, want a mojito. They that's left. The, the breakfast that's the looks amazing. They got a little brunch in here. They got some breakfast tacos as well. But they left a couple cups of their own Graham and Dunn roastery coffee that's going to be in Whole Foods soon for us to try as well. Very good. Mm. I like that. Shout out to Graham and Dunn. You know, we had uh, Monday was the holiday. Yesterday, one of my daughters was sick, so she stayed home. And so I've been bringing the food home the last couple of days. She goes, what do you think we're getting tomorrow? (laughs) (laughs) She's like, does your office do this every day? I said, no, this is (laughs) (laughs) B-dub. My wife, my wife was the same way the first day we brought home the Italian from Vabinet, and she was like, oh, this is amazing. Came home yesterday. She was like, so what did you bring from uh, Louis? I uh, didn't make it home. Yeah, no, you, you slammed it there. Yeah, <laughs> I apologize. I did have that from, from Louis yesterday, the uh, Diablo pasta that she was talking mm-hmm. about. Holy cow, it lights Fire. you up. It is good. Yeah, it How is really good. How were the Brussels good. sprouts? They smelled amazing. Yeah, they were good, too. They were okay. really good, yeah. Josh took Brussels sprouts, which I was very shocked at. I didn't know he knew what uh, a Brussels sprouts those are, those are. Those are all my wife's. Yeah. <laughs> She loves the Brussels sprouts. I am not interested. Not interested in the Brussels sprouts at all. Uh, yeah. Uh, daughter said, are we having leftovers? I go, no, this is like freshly made. Yeah. It's not leftovers. I said, nobody's eaten this stuff yet. And then she's like, oh, okay. It was leftovers. She was like, no part of it. I'm like, no, I haven't even. Have, haven't touched haven't it yet. Haven't touched it yet. <laughs> Eat it. So, for, so once it was, you clarified what the yeah, right. language was. God forbid it. you bring home free leftovers. I, I think I'm the only leftover person in our house. So. You guys don't eat the leftovers. Huh? See, I don't mind them. I, I love them. I do, too. I don't yeah. care. I usually say, hey, if you if you want it the next day, it's yours. Otherwise, that's a good chance I'm housing it. Yeah. So, you like When you walk home after after work and working out, and you get there and you open the refrigerator and there's something there yeah. for you just to stick in the microwave. I'm it's all like, for that. It's great. I'm I enjoy it. I'm all for that. Yeah. 
Uh, our NFL playoff coverage brought to you by Twin Peaks, Eats, Drinks, and Scenic Views. Found myself asking the question to myself. Again, we both said self. Self. Uh, Not Bill. What do the Jags do well? Come back from 27-point deficits? I mean, we're kind of... we're. We're, we're kind of trying not to fast forward because I don't, I think it's dangerous, right? No, it always is. Yeah. And I, I think they'll play a, a, a solid game, but there's nothing that like screams. Oh my gosh, this scares me. Right. What they scares are, me is they've got nothing to lose that that's fine. House money can scare you if you want. And if when you we to. saw a lot of teams in the wild card round doing things unconventional in the wild card round, Jacksonville's already won, right? They weren't expected to do anything. I think it's going to be just like a a riverboat Ron type of deal. Well, and you, you got know? Doug Peterson, who's very comfortable with doing that too. Right. Takeaways are their biggest. I, to me, takeaways are their biggest thing. They're fourth in the NFL in takeaways. They take the ball away. They turn you over. Well, we've seen the Chiefs. If they turn it over, teams are playing in games with them that maybe shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Other than that, their defensive numbers are okay. Their sacks are pretty low. Their points are about average. My thought is just be smart. Don't give them the ball back. Like very simple game. Don't turn it over. We think the Chiefs are are darn near unbeatable if they don't turn the football over. Right? They can they can score plenty defensively. They're starting to turn people over there. I think you count on them to get late stops. Just don't turn the football over. And that's what the Jags do well is turn you over. On the flip side, they don't turn it over a lot. And I know Trevor Lawrence did last week. But that was pretty uncharacteristic for what he's been the entire season. He doesn't get sacked a lot. He doesn't turn it over a lot. But he also doesn't scare you necessarily, does he? No. Like he's not in the camp of that quarterback. Like, oh my. But I haven't I've watched gotta, them enough. I've got to. I've got to worry. He's not in that category yet. But he's got capable uh, pass catchers. Christian Kirk, who signed the big contract, we're all like, whoa. Well, he had eleven hundred yards and eight touchdowns. Kind of back year. Kind of backed up his contract. Um couple other good pieces in the receiving game. Travis Etienne was 1,100 yards, very capable on the ground, not flashy, but productive. Nothing stands out as whoa, but they have a lot of stuff they do really well. So if they play smart and they themselves don't turn the football over, they have the components to be in a game with you, even though there's not much, there's not much wow factor with the Jags. Well, you mentioned that they're fourth in the NFL in creating turnovers. And and that really is the part that I think we all need to take a pause on and look at and say, okay. <sighs> all right, Patrick, no interceptions. Don't be don't be gambling when you don't need right. to. Because I, I've I've said all along I the, think Chiefs, the Jags need to gamble. Yeah, oh God. I don't yes. think the Chiefs yeah. need to gamble. No. And so yeah. Don't no. don't squeeze it into a to a window. You don't have to. Do all those things you've been telling yourself you're going to get right. Live <laughs> you, to see another play, yeah, right? Yeah, all those things you're you're coaching yourself to do. I think come to play this weekend because I think this is the week now. If you turn the ball over, you're going to lose the football game. I, I've been saying all along they're lucky they were playing Denver and you know whoever else, Houston. You know all the bottom feeders of the world. You, you can turn the ball over and still win those games barely, but you can. You turn the ball over three times in the divisional round of the playoffs, you're probably not going to win that football game. It's going to be very difficult for you to win that game. And and I think Jacksonville will capitalize on those. And if they're turning people over, man, that's the one thing going into this game. Really the only thing for me going into this game on Saturday 
is that if, if the Chiefs don't turn the football over, I don't expect it to be much of a contest. I think they're going to, I think they really are going to go out there and, and, and win this football game and kind of send a message of motorboat Jacksonville back down to Florida. Now, if they go out there and they turn the ball over, we're all going to be sweating it out with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. And I think it's going to be, all right, who's got the ball last type of thing. And I don't want that for the divisional round of the playoffs. We're going to deal enough of that with Cincinnati coming in here the following week where we don't want to deal with sweating it out in the divisional round. Go out there, take care of business, play a good, clean game, take care of Jacksonville, and then we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> Let's hope. I want, I, want to, I want to be at Arrowhead. I don't uh-huh. want to be anywhere else. So, yes. Uh, now, Mitch Holtis, voice of the Chiefs, will join us uh, Friday at 730 for his normal visit. He will probably point out some things uh, below the surface that will give you pause about the Jags. But right now, I'm like, not trying to like be arrogant and cocky and what have you, but they don't do anything flashy. They might try some flashy stuff in this particular game, uh-huh. stuff you haven't seen. I wouldn't be shocked if there's something, you know, that hasn't been on tape. Uh, they've been working on, but like the Chiefs do, right? We're sort of like, oh, we've been we've been uh, keeping this one in our back pocket. There's going to be some stuff that they do in, in, in that vein. Take care of you, and I think you win this game. I, I agree. It's not about Jacksonville for me. It's about the Chiefs, and it's about the Chiefs being not beating themselves all year long. They're a very, very good football team, the best in the league, arguably. But when you turn the football over, you even the playing field, and so they just can't do that. Do you expect a fake punt in this game by Jacksonville at some point in time? I, I would be expecting a fake punt. They, I'd be expecting a fake everything, yeah. Yeah, fake extra point. Well, not maybe an extra point. Maybe kick, a fake field goal uh, or onside something. Kick, onside punt, kick, uh, every yeah. All my special teams are on guard. Yes. Yeah. Yes. A big week for Dave Tobe, I think, yeah. more than anybody on this coaching staff or on the field. It's you a big execute, week for Tobe. Yeah, you got to execute your part, have everybody trained up to negate their their ability to do that. I mean, you get caught with your pants down on a, on a fake punt this week or yeah. something like that, fans are not going to be I happy. guarantee you'll hear Dana Hughes on the broadcast again, 3.30 Saturday, Chiefs and Jags on 106.5 The Wolf, along with Mitch Holtis. Um, How come they don't just play that over the PA at the stadium instead of, you know, you're going to hear Dana multiple times go watch out for the fake here, watch out for the fake. He'll he'll be like, because he's obviously he played special teams in the league. He's always eyeing that he'll be, he'll be on guard. I'm sure the Chiefs will too, but you'll hear Dana say it multiple times during the game on, on Saturday, I guarantee. Yeah, well, and, and if I'm if I'm Jacksonville, I am doing something unconventional. This, this is probably going to be a game for Jacksonville where they have to steal a possession or two away from the Chiefs, right? I mean, mm-hmm. seriously, just go out there and try to steal a possession away, and if they can do that via a turnover or a fake or something unconventional, they're going to put themselves in a good position. This, this league is too even to allow yourself to go out there and have brain farts, and a special teams mistake is a brain fart. And interceptions a brain fart. Turnovers are brain farts. You can't have brain farts and expect to win. I know the guy that left and is is a wide receiver down in Miami has something needed to be said or something was right. it was called. But uh, Peyton Manning stole his bit on Monday night. Mm-hmm. Crushing myths out there. And I know you and I have said it before. But when Peyton Manning says it, it probably resonates a little bit A little better. bit more, yeah. The the myth that are the halftime adjustments. Oh, God. It does typically drive me crazy. I said, well, I wonder what halftime adjustments are being made. Um, we Peyton- said for a long time, by the time you walk up the tunnel, pee and eat an orange or whatever, you got to go back down. Hate to, hate to break it to you. There aren't a lot of them. What I see, too, is the, the funny one is, is the coaches in the booth who then come down to the locker room. Yes, and they, you know, they block off an elevator and they come down and they're sprinting to the, and they're there for like 30 seconds. <laughs> I'm and like, it's back why up. are you even yeah. bothering? Then they turn around and go back up. They're spending more time traveling 
a backup to the booth than they are actually with the team at halftime, right? I think Spags put an end to this myth earlier in the year. He goes, halftime, we're adjusting all game. Like, we're constantly adjusting. Yes. Halftime literally is a, a moment to just take a deep breath and, you know, drop a deuce. And then the players might not even know about the adjustments. Right, yeah. If anything, the coaches might have a chance to take a breath a breather, get together, discuss amongst themselves. The players are like Again, oblivious it's to it. 12 minutes. And by the time you get in the locker room, you've already wasted two walking up the tunnel. There's this big myth that there's this chalkboard and guys are drawing up nope. plays and sitting there. No, not at all. Peyton Manning says no. Coming out of halftime, all those halftime adjustments, it really paid off right there that I don't know about you. I don't think I ever made a halftime adjustment in my entire 18 year career. I think it's the biggest myth in football, the halftime adjustments, right? You go in, yeah, but you, eat, you use the restroom, you eat a couple of oranges, and then the head coach says, all right, let's go. <laughs> yeah, no question. I mean, you're in there for like three minutes. Yeah, so. There's no time. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He says eat an orange. It's probably like a hot dog or something, too. Yeah, you may eat a hot dog. You depends know. on what the uh, the meal happens to be. But uh, there's there's barely any time to, to get stuff done. Coaches, I think, do have a time to to – to get on the same page or well, cause they can see seeing. each other instead yeah. of being on the headset and, and that, know. that kind of thing. There is an opportunity for that, but the players are just doing their own thing. And then, yeah, the coach says, ready, let's go. Yeah. I love that. He's, he's realizing he's the biggest myth. So we've been saying that forever. There's just not, there's not enough time to make a halftime adjustment. There's no time to even get to the locker no. room. Usually no. some of these guys just sit outside the yeah. locker room, get some tape on their things and do whatever it is and, and get back out on the field. Definitely not the adjustments for the, uh, for the specialists, the, the kicker punter. No, they don't over, even leave. The field, they go they? in and they're back. <laughs> they're back out in like two minutes. Yeah. So anyway, breaking myths is old Peyton Manning. Thank Love you Peyton that. Manning. If you missed any of the show today, had a lot of fun with your uh, way back Wednesday requests. Talk to a DA of CBS Sports Radio. A lot of conversation about the big game last night, how fun that was. An edition of These Stories is Real. Uh, chatted with the folks at Graham and Dunn for Restaurant Week as well. If you missed any of it, you can check it out anytime, 610sports.com or the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it for free. Cody and Gold, come your way next here on 610 Sports Radio. There's no foul on the play for blocking the back. Timeout.